tell you what, verse 4. Let's start in verse 4, and we'll read down to verse 11. All right? We'll start in verse 4. Why don't you join me in reading the odd verses, 5, 7, 9, and 11, okay? And uh, so follow along and, and, and read aloud uh, as we read together. I'll start in verse number 4 and read the even verses myself. And there went out a champion out of the camp of the Philistines named Goliath of Gath, whose height was six cubits and a span. And he had a helmet of brass upon his head, and he was armed with a coat of mail. And the weight of the coat was 5,000 shekels of brass. And he had greaves of brass upon his legs and a target of brass upon his shoulders. And the staff of his spear was like a weaver's beam. And his spear's head weighed 600 shekels of iron. And one bearing a shield went before him. And he stood and cried unto the armies of Israel and said unto them, Why are ye come out to set your battle in array? And not I a Philistine and ye servants to Saul? Choose you a man for you and let him come down to me. If he be able to fight with me and to kill me, then will we be your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, then shall ye be our servants and serve us. And the Philistines said, I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. When Saul and all Israel heard those words of the Philistines, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. The giants standing in our way. Father, I pray this morning that you would give me the liberty, the ability to preach your truth today. I pray that you'll help someone within the sound of my voice this morning concerning some things that they are dealing with, some things that they are going through. I pray, Father, that you give us great victory today over those things. Father, I ask that you bless not only the reading of your word, but the preaching of it. Use it, Lord, today to draw all hearts to you. You promise in your word that it will not return void. We ask you, Father, to accomplish everything that's pleasing to you this morning. If one doesn't know Christ today, remove all excuses out of the way. May they come to Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. The giants standing in our way. We've all faced different obstacles in life, many different challenges. I thought about giving you some kind of fancy illustration to get started this morning but I just want to get right into it. What is the giant in your life? What are you dealing with now? Maybe you've seen the Lord give you victory over things in the past and then suddenly something else rises its ugly head. We find here in this passage that oftentimes uh, Israel has, has victory after victory then something else enters their life. And now standing in their way is a giant by the name of Goliath. And it becomes a great lesson. I'm not calling it a Bible story because it is a Bible truth. And it's a great lesson for all of us of how someone who can trust the Lord and see great victory in their life. We often, we think about that, and you've heard many messages preached on it. I preached on it back early in the year when we were going through that All May Know series and remembering your why in life. But I wonder today what things are in your life that become a hindrance. 
You may call them a giant. You may refer to them as a stronghold in your life. Something that you just can't get over. What is it? I want you to identify that this morning as we go into this message. Maybe, maybe it's, uh, for some it could be a sickness. I think right off the bat, cancer. And those going through cancer. And that's a giant in itself. But it also brings with it a lot of different things, such as fear, doesn't it? That's what really gets us. Fear. What is, what is next for us? What, are, what else are we going to face? What is the unknown? There's different things for everybody. It could be bitterness. It could be anger. It, you name it. If it's yours, you know exactly what it is. I know a stronghold that I dealt with for a long time, and that was feeling like I never could measure up. I never was enough. I always felt like I had to do more. I felt like I had to be more. I was concerned with a lot of things, and I was trying to please everybody. And as a result, I, I, the whole time I'd say, I don't care what people think, but I was trying to do a good job. I wanted to do it for the Lord, but I wanted to be sure I did a good job, right? And it became more than just doing it for the Lord. And there's times where I just never felt like I could measure up, and it caused a great deal of stress. And sometimes, for, uh, for some, it creates anxiety. For some, it creates depression. You never feel like you measure up. You never feel like you're good enough. You never feel like... Uh, you always feel like you're shortcoming and you see yourself and you can't see yourself about anything but a failure. And you think, well, I'm just going to pray about it and move on with it because that's what I'm supposed to do. And, and some people say, your problem is, Baker, you just ain't got enough faith. And you think, well, I'm trying to give it and trying to do this and, and you're just battling it and battling it. And, and everybody's got advice. Every time I get gout, Everybody tells me the exact same thing. Have you tried this? Yes. This isn't my first time. I've, 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 I've done the wild cherry juice. I've done the colloquian. I've done the allopurinol. I've watched what I eat. I do not drink red wine, so don't ever ask that. First thing the doctor always asks, Doc, I don't drink. All right? I don't drink. I don't smoke. I don't do any of those things. I do like red meat. Maybe that's it. All right? So, everybody's got that, right? And, you, and you, sometimes you think, well, all this helps. But a lot of times, it just pushes you farther down. And you just feel like, well, I'm trying that. I'm trying that, and I just can't get out of this hole. I don't know what the stronghold is in your life. But you need to identify it. Because you can't fight the battle if you don't know what you're fighting. And you can't never get victory over it, and you can't get victory in it if you, don't, if you don't know exactly what it is. So identify the giant in your life. We see in this passage, in verses 3 down to uh, verse number 8, that giant, that giant that Israel's doing with, he's a pretty big dude. Right? And the Bible describes him talks about how tall he was, how big he was, talks about how strong he was with a, with a weight of his 
armor and, the, and his weapons, his sword, all of those things, his spear, his shield. I mean, you and I, we couldn't pick those things up and carry them very far. He's a big guy. He is so big that it, that it scares an entire army. One guy scared an entire army full of warriors. Don't ever think, well, be careful of thinking too highly of yourself. You and I aren't as strong as we think we are. I want us to see the next point, understanding our giant. Well, we see some things in his character and in, in the name of Goliath that I think we could also identify with the strongholds in our life. And the first one is this, giants are overconfident. In verse number 8, we just read it. I want you to read it again so you can follow along with me. In verse number 8, the Bible says, And he stood and he cried out unto the armies of Israel and said unto them, Why are you come out to set your battle in array? And not I, a Philistine, and ye servants to Saul, choose you a man for you and let him come down to me. There's this uh, comedian that I like to listen to. He is, uh, he's very clean, believe it or not. He's clean. And uh, I, find, I find his humor hilarious. You may not. He was uh, one of the first uh, bits that I ever heard him. He was at a McDonald's with one of his buddies. And uh, they sat down with their burgers, and their trays, their fries. They sat down at the table. And his friend decided, I'm going to run to the restroom real quick and wash my hands. And he went in there to wash his hands. And this comedian just sitting there, he looked at that burger and he thought, I'm going to get him real good. He grabbed, he grabbed his friend's burger, unwrapped it, took a bite out of it, wrapped it back up just like it was and sat it back down. And went on and started eating his burger. Well, his friend comes back. He sits down and he opens up his burger. And he slams it down. And he stands up. All right, who did it? Who ate my burger? Just goes off. He just loses it. His buddy is sitting there thinking, what are you doing? You know, and he just goes off and he's asking, he's asking the people, the cashier, who ate my burger? Who gave me a burger that's already been eaten? And he just finally gets up and he says, wait, calm down. Calm down. Come back over and sit down. He said, what are you doing? He said, did you not? He says, how is it that the very first thing you could think of is some complete stranger took a bite out of your burger instead of your friend who is also a comedian and likes to prank people. He says, that didn't even enter your mind? He says, but no. He says, you've got to go full lunatic in a McDonald's and you are ready to fight whoever it is that took a bite out of your burger. He says, you've got you you to be out of your mind. He said, do you not think... That if someone actually did that, that every McDonald's employee would know exactly who it was. That, that guy had to have such confidence that he didn't care who you were. 
He just takes a bite out of a burger and sends it out in public and doesn't care who it is because he is so confident if they want to fight, he'll just fight. He says, you can picture this. All the McDonald's employees, would, when, you, when you ask them who it was, they would suddenly part ways and there would be that big dude back there in the kitchen with his hands in the fryer. And you'd see him and he'd look at you and he'd pop that neck. Do you think he's really concerned about you? You've got to have some kind of confidence to do that. Well, you look at this giant. The giant does not care who it is. He is saying, send me whoever you got in the army, whoever your greatest warrior is, I don't care who it is, I don't care how seasoned he is, I don't care how strong he is, I don't care how confident he is. Send him to me and we'll get it on. My point is this. The strongholds in our life isn't really concerned about how strong we are. It can be fear, it can be sickness, it can be an addiction, it can be anger. I mentioned bitterness a while ago. It could be all sorts of things. It's not really concerned how strong Jonas Patterson is because it's, it's stronger than you are. Amen? It's stronger than you and that's why it's not concerned about what you can do. It's overconfident. Secondly, in verse number 9, the giant's desire is for us to serve it. He says in verse 9, If he be able to fight with me and to kill me, and then will we be your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, then shall ye be servant, our servants and serve us. He wants, he wants you to be his servant. He wants you to follow him. Some people got a stronghold in their language. They just can't help it. Bad stuff comes out. Some people got a stronghold with their phones. They, it's their personal thing, and nobody else can see it. Nobody else can be a part of it. And it doesn't start out as something extremely graphic, but it starts out in little things. And it desires, those strongholds want us to serve them. They want to keep us down. So that we cannot go forward with victory in our life. Instead we go forward with our heads hanging down. And our shoulders are heavy. And we're burdened. And we just sit back as failures. Not doing anything for the Lord. It happens. But. If we can slay it. Then it can serve us. How can it serve us preacher? Because your testimony of the victory in your life inspires others to gain the same victory. God, wants, God may have not wanted us to get there to begin with. It wasn't God's plan for us to become an addict of some kind. It wasn't God's plan for us to get angry at God or angry at somebody else. That wasn't in God's will. But God can give us the victory over that and use that in our life to help other people. Understanding the giant. Giants seek to intimidate, verse 10 and 11. And the Philistines said, I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. And when Saul and all Israel heard those words of the Philistines, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. They were intimidated. It's too much. 
And so when the, when the giant shows itself, when that stronghold comes to our mind and it reveals itself, suddenly it's intimidating to us. And it's, better, it's easy for us to just disappear, to hide out, to not face anyone. To not do anything. It's easier. It's intimidating. And so when he shows up, it didn't matter if it was the, the, uh, the private in the army or the general in the army or the king himself. When they saw him, they were greatly afraid. And they were terribly worried about what was next. Then in verse 16, I want you to see that giants don't run away. It says, And the Philistine drew near morning and evening and presented, him 40, uh, presented himself 40 days. We just want to go to bed and hope to do, tomorrow's better. He don't leave. Give me an amen there. He doesn't leave. He shows back up tomorrow. Oh, tomorrow's a little bit better until he shows back up. Well, they say, well, we're just going to ignore him. We're afraid of him, so we'll ignore him and we'll just continue on life until, until there's a time of day where he presents himself again. Anybody? Here I am. Anybody want to go? Anyone? And there we are. We're afraid again. We're worried again. We're hiding again. We're running for the tent again. You know, the Bible says in verse 24, it's us who are prone to run. And all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him and were sore afraid. Don't you want to quit running? Don't you want to lay your head down at night and say, man, I'm glad I'm over that. I'm glad God used me today. There's a time God couldn't use me because of what was going on in here. God gave me the victory today. Numbers chapter 13 and verse 33. The spies that went over in the promised land says, There we saw the giants, the sons of Anak which come of the giants, and when we were in our own sight, and we were in our own sight as grasshoppers, and so we were in their sight. Don't you want to live life not seeing yourself as a little grasshopper that can't do anything, but as someone who's victorious in the Lord? Amen? We're just, we're just grasshoppers. We can't face the giants. We can't fight. And the Bible goes on in Deuteronomy chapter 1 and verse, uh, verse 28. Their defeated outlook discouraged others. They say, whither, whither shall we go up? Our, brother, our brethren have discouraged our hearts, saying, the people is greater and taller than we. The cities are great and walled up to heaven. And moreover, we have seen the sons of the Anakims there. No, your, your burden, your stronghold, your fear your fear of failure, all of those things, rather than getting the battle and you, and you being over here and saying, I just can't do it, I'm just a grasshopper, I'm nobody, I can't do anything, I can't win this, I can't get in that battle, I can't tell people about Jesus, I'm too, I'm too bashful, I'm too quiet. Whatever it is, rather than encouraging somebody else to go forward, we're discouraging them. 
And it's easier for them to join us in our worries and our fears than it is for them to come and get us and say, let's go. They forgot somewhere along the line what the Lord told Joshua when he was called to lead. Have not I commanded thee, be strong and of a good courage, neither be afraid, nor be thou dismayed. Why? For who? The Lord thy God is with thee whithersoever thou goest. God's word is what gave me victory in my life. I don't have to do it alone, Brent. I'm not by myself. I'm not fighting the battle by myself. I don't have to be afraid. I don't have to live in fear. I don't have to be worried. I may choose to be worried. I may choose to live in fear, but I don't have to if I keep my eyes on the Lord and know that he's right there with me. Amen. There were times where Joshua got his eyes off the Lord and they failed. But when he got his eyes back on Jesus, they went forward in victory. Brings me to my last point this morning. Facing our giant. Facing our giant. We have to face our fears. In verse 11, Saul and Israel had failed to remember what the Lord had told them. We're all going to face giants on our own, giants of our own. And it's okay to admit that we are not as strong as we thought we were. It's okay to be humbled. It's okay to realize I can't do it all, and I can't just fix it. And I can't just rise up and say, I'm going to do better today. I'm going to do better today. I'm going to do better. It's okay to admit you're just not strong enough to do it. So you got to face that fear. you got to face that struggle. And you got to meet it head on. Sometimes with it comes criticisms. Don't you hate criticism? Sometimes criticism is a good thing. Amen? Coaches criticize you to make you a better player. Are y'all listening? Y'all don't get criticized. I'm sorry, I forgot. I thought y'all didn't win on Friday. Don't y'all get criticized? Don't you get criticized? Get that flag thrown at you, don't you, sometimes. Nobody likes that. We get criticized sometimes because it's, sometimes it's to make us better. Sometimes people just don't like it because you're trying to do something for the Lord. Eliab was angry with David... Because he was even there. And in front of everybody, Eliab starts running down David. I know your naughty heart. I know who you are. You shouldn't even be here. You should be with daddy's sheep. Mind your own business, Eliab. Daddy sent me here. Got to preach. Sometimes the people that's closest to us are the biggest critics, aren't they? We can all say amen there. Sometimes our critics will try to hold us back. Sometimes the giant itself gets in our head. In verse 42 and verse 43, well, let me go back to Saul, talking about critics. 
Saul, who should have been in the battle, is saying to the young David, you're not able to go. To that I say, well, why aren't you going? Come on now. I wouldn't have to go if you'd go. Then you go. If I'm not able to go, that's fine. Then you go. But if I'm going and you're not, let me go. Amen? You're not able. You're not qualified. You're not ready. To that, David would probably say, you're right. If, if I have to meet your standard of qualification. But I'm not trying to meet your standard of qualification. I'm just trying to go win a battle. I'm just trying to go kill a giant. So if you're not going to do it, let me go do it. And then he gets to the giant, and the giant's trying to get in his head, and he looks at him and says, you're just a little youth. You're nobody. They're going to send you, and he laughs at him, and he mocks him. Just like it does. It gets in our head. It gets in our heart. You're going to fight me. You're going to take me on. You really think you can beat me? David never one time says, oh, I got you. He never one time says, you're nothing. You may be big, but the bigger they are, the harder they fall. That's not in the Bible. That's not what David says. But David had a special weapon. And I'm not talking about his sling. You have to face your criticisms. Sometimes you've got to face your own faith, faithlessness, faithlessness and our misplaced confidence. We, we like to place confidence in other people. Sometimes we place too much confidence in ourselves. What we need to do is place all of our confidence in God. If God be for us, who can be against us? So why was David able to face the giant when everyone else could not? How come he got the victory? Well, let's learn something here. He recognized in verse 20 that there was a cause greater than himself. After Eliab's criticism, David simply responded in verse 29, What have I now done? Is there not a cause? He wants to know why he come down to the battle. Why he's wanting to know what would be done for the man who killed the giant. He heard the words that the giant had said. Everyone else heard the giant as defying the armies of Israel. David saw it much bigger than that. No, he's defying my God. We look at it, our fear... And the stronghold in our life, we're looking at it how it affects us. He's looking at how it affects God's kingdom. Because as long as I'm fearful and I'm running and I'm hiding and I'm in the tent, the giant is still out there provoking everyone. And everybody else is hiding with me. And there is nobody going forward to win the victory. And David is thinking in his heart, he's not just defying Israel, he's defying my God. And if we're going to go forward together, somebody's got to take him on. 
verse 23. Well, I just preached that point. I'll move on. David understood he was not alone in verse 34. He wasn't by himself. His brethren wouldn't go with him. The army wasn't going to go with him. The king wasn't going to go with him. Verse 34, David said unto Saul, Thy servant kept his father's sheep, and there came a lion and a bear and took a lamb out of the flock, and I went out after him, and I smote him and delivered him out of his mouth. And when he rose against me, I caught him by his beard and smote him and slew him. And the servant slew both the lion and the bear, and his un, this uncircumcised Philistine shall be as one of them, seeing he hath defied the armies of the living God. Verse 37. David said, moreover, the Lord that delivered me out of the paw of the lion, out of the paw of the bear, he'll deliver me out of the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said unto David, go, and the Lord be with thee. Meanwhile, I'm going to stay back here by my tent and watch you. <laughs> Come on, lighten up. Some people would rather just stand back and watch. But they weren't the only one. There's a whole lot of other people. You go, the Lord be with you, all right? He says, I'm going to go forward in the name of the Lord, and the Lord's going to deliver me. Like he's done in the past, he's going to take care of me now. Clay, you ain't by yourself. Every day when you go to Brewer High School as a Christian, you are not by yourself. Say amen to that. I want you to, I want you to know that. Say amen. If your brothers don't go to school with you and all your classmates who are here, if they all called out sick Tuesday, you're not going by yourself. And the peer pressure that you face, all of you, the peer, the peer pressure that you face and the desire to do right and the desire also to be quiet, you're not by yourself. Neither are you at work. And when you're in the stillness and the quietness of your home and you feel the pressure and it's beating down on you and that you hear the voice that says you're nothing, you're no good, quit. Just quit. Just quit. You might, you might need to do that if you're all by yourself, but God's with you. Let's wrap up. Let's close. David did not to be, pretend to be something he was not. Verse 38. And Saul armed David with his armor, and he put a helmet of brass upon his head, and also he armed him with a coat of mail. And David girded his sword upon his armor, and he essayed to go, for he had, not approved, he had not proved it. And David said unto Saul, I cannot go with these, for I have not proved them. And David put them off him, and he took his staff in his hand and chose him five smooth stones of the brook and put them in a shepherd's bag, which he had even in a script. And his sling is in his hand, and he drew near to the Philistine. He didn't pretend to be something he was not. You don't have to pretend to be your pastor. Just be you. Just be Garrett. Just be Caden. Just be Turner. Just be Cecil. Just be you. God knows who you are. And God can give you the victory and God can use you just as you are. Can I get amen across this place? Hello? Y'all on holiday. Jonathan Hurd, you don't have to live like a Christian who's been saved for 30 years and knows his Bible backwards and forwards to be used of God. 
So don't let that excuse stop you from being used of God. But we'll let that excuse. Oh, I don't have all the answers. I don't know what the... And we invent questions that people are going to ask. Just go. Just go and let the Lord use you. You don't have to be something you're not. Just be who you are. And be okay with that. And let God use you where you are. And then lastly, David didn't play around with it. You know what we do a lot of times with our strongholds? We bring it to the altar. And we let it grab our pants leg as we're on our way back to our seat. That's, that's good preaching. You didn't leave it there. You try to sweep it under my rug rather than throw it away. Right? You just keep it with you. Oh, I, I, feel, I feel better about it today, preacher. And then next Sunday, I can't find you. I just didn't feel like being there. Are you with me? He didn't play around with it. He went to the giant. He heard all the criticism. He heard everything that he had to say. That giant's trying to get in his head. And he says, listen, you can talk all you want to talk, but I'm going to tell you to this today. In the name of the Lord, with God's help today, I'm taking off your head. You will not talk again. You will not utter another word to anybody. I'm killing you today. How did that giant fall with a little pebble? It was just a little pebble. It wasn't a big old rock. It was about bullet-sized. Little pebble. Little smooth stone. Little smooth little pebble that he just took with perfect accuracy. I believe he could have done it with his eyes closed, don't you? He had God helping him. I just believe that he took the talent God gave him. He didn't use Saul's sword or his armor or his shield. He just took that sling and he went forward and he ran there. He didn't need somebody to say, would you please come? Would you please go? Would you please do this? He didn't need somebody begging him. He ran to him. In the name of the Lord, you're going down today. And he comes and he gives that to the Lord and that head comes off. That head comes off. And he's able to grab that head and he's, he carries it. We talk about graphic. He carries it back to the king. Here's our giant. And what happens? Can I ask you a question? What happens to everybody else? They're raised up a bunch more giant killers. Whew. As you read on, all the people hiding in their tent, they started shouting. And they grabbed their swords, they grabbed their arrows, they grabbed their slings, whatever it was they were good at, they grabbed it and they took off. And they said, let's go. And the Philistines turned and ran. Hello? They became servants because there was a testimony that God is always enough. We all deal with things. We all have a battle over our mind and our heart Many of you feel like you can never measure up. You never feel like enough. Some of you has got a hidden sin. 
you know it. You don't want anybody else to know it. And can I encourage you this? Give it to God before we all know about it. Give it to God before everybody finds out about it. Stop letting that be a stronghold in your life. We're, we're afraid and we'll never go forward as long as we're afraid. Because when we're afraid, we got our eyes on everything but God. We may have to go through a valley. We may have to face something that is bigger than us. But you're not going through it alone. You're not by yourself. You're going to face criticisms from people that you love, from people that you trust should know better. From the enemy itself, you're going to face criticisms and you're going to want to quit. Don't quit. Don't quit. Sometimes you might say, I'll go if somebody goes with me. You got to be okay with just you and the Lord being enough. Sometimes you got to forgive when everybody else won't forgive. Sometimes you got to give it to the Lord, that bitterness in your heart, you got to give it to the Lord, and you got to trust Him with it and ask Him to take care of all sides of it. You got to deal with that anger, that malice in your heart, you're mad at somebody, you just need to go to them and ask them to forgive you. Whatever it is that is a giant in your life, it may be an addiction that you just cannot kick. You cannot do it by yourself. Stop holding on to it. And stop, stop giving it more glory than we give to God. Stop. If it's your, no, nah, we'll just stop. I'm done. We'll stop. Let's bow our heads.